you're looking to sell your home at realestateagentsitrust.com. Our goal is to ease the stress of home selling by helping you sell your home as quickly as possible at the best price possible. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I want to thank you. In just the last few months, thousands of Blaze Radio listeners just like you have contacted our agents. So if you're thinking of selling your home or if you want help buying a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com and let our individually selected agents earn your business. realestateagentsitrust.com Probably the overshadowing biggest news from last weekend was, of course, the passing of Justice Anthony Scalia. Antonin Scalia. I just want to say Anthony. Antonin Scalia. It's okay. Most people get that wrong, though. It's okay. Yeah. Um, This has so many moving parts and pieces. And we're going to dive into what it probably means to you. Uh, You know it's bad. There's there's nothing really good that comes of this. Uh, But there's a lot of moving pieces, different varying degrees of bad. Do you disagree? Is there anything good that can come of this? Uh, No, absolutely no good comes out of this. I mean, obviously, uh, Scalia was a a, a staunch uh, uh, conservative, had been on the court, and actually been one of the good guys for a long time. So absolutely nothing good comes of this, especially considering, too, this is going to be the third nomination for President Obama gets another progressive on the court, which, of course, is not good. It's been 5-4 for a while now. This is definitely going to, uh, to tip the balances on, on the Supreme Court, which was already at, at danger now, too. I mean, when um, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, was put on there, too, we all thought that was going to be a great conservative leader in the Supreme Court, and that has not been the case. We're going to uh, speculate. Uh, we'll give you some uh, facts and figures and information. We'll probably mock it a little bit, too, because this is a really bizarre circumstance right now. First of all, the basics of it. Uh, Justice Scalia passed away at a ranch spa type place in the uh, western part of Texas. He was there uh, just with family, 40 or so people just gathered uh, for a vacation or a gathering, just a goodwill. And um, he had been at this party. Everybody had a good time. They said uh, he was doing fine, had dinner about 9 o'clock in the evening. He said uh, he's got a long day. He wants to just go back to his room, get some rest. Went back to his room for rest the following morning. He didn't come down for breakfast. They started uh, worrying about him. They sent a hotel worker to check on him, and that's when the hotel worker found him. Yeah, he was apparently found um, in his bed. They said there were no, uh, no wrinkles on the bed, so it appeared to be somewhat peacefully. One interesting note that is coming out now is that they are saying that they did find a pillow over his head. I mean, is there anybody? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, it's very early right now in this. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing to say that he for sure was not involved with the Illuminati or perhaps taken out by the Illuminati. Now, I'm not saying that that happened, folks. Don't get me wrong. Don't no, you're, you know why you now. weren't saying that happened? Because it didn't happen. I'm just saying we don't know at this point. No, we know it didn't happen, though. <laughs> it did not happen that way. The guy was 79. It's not like he was 35 and in great physical shape. I mean, he had no uh, well-known uh, degenerative diseases, whatever, but he did have some health issues a few years ago. I remember talking about it, mm-hmm. and he was 79. You know what? He was on the plus side of the average life, the lifespan of the average American male. I think it's usually around 76, 77. So. <clears throat> That, that's how these things happen. Oh, the one thing that I will say about, about the past enthusiast, he was 79 years old. He, uh, he passed away after being at a party with family and friends, was quail hunting earlier in the day, uh, appears to have uh, passed away peacefully in his sleep. They've said he had a full stomach. Uh, I, I can't think of, of many better ways to leave this right. world. So at least if there's any silver lining in this entire thing, at least uh, a good man wasn't in pain in his final moments, but passed peacefully and quietly in his sleep. When I, when I saw this story, um, I started thinking about all the bad that could come. Obviously, President Obama getting a chance to nominate another Supreme Court justice is horrible. And the fact that he'd be replacing a conservative, somebody who understood uh, personal freedoms, you know, libertarians and conservatives, this is, this is not a good day. And I started thinking about all the ramifications. And then I felt so stupidly naive. 
Because I know this is one of the, the greatest responsibilities a president has, maybe arguably the greatest, to nominate somebody to the Supreme Court because the courts shape American history for decades to come. Entire generations of people, our generations, have been, have been shaped by uh, you know, presidents all the way back to the, the turn of the, fir, uh, the um, uh, 20th century. I mean, they shaped all of these things that we argue about each and every day, other rulings. So I knew that. It's a lifetime appointment as well. But I felt so stupid because we're focused on the next, the next election. And we go, okay, uh, we got to make sure we get the right people in there because they're going to pick maybe four members of the Supreme Court. Forgetting, of course, that a Supreme Court can die today. A Supreme Court justice could die today, as evident of Antonin Scalia. So while we're focused on who's going to retire in the next few years... Sometimes they die. You could see somebody die today. Yeah, you could literally see another one die. I mean, there could be two more appointees from Barack. There could be another four more. I mean, who knows what could happen at this point. But well, yeah. especially with that whole pillow on the face thing. You well, could and really with the Illuminati see, you know. involvement, too. Right, I mean, you yeah. just never know. So what does this mean to me and you? All right, break it down. If you are somebody that is a constitutionalist, if you argue on half of the behalf of the Constitution, you talk about your Second Amendment rights, your First Amendment rights, you talk about all the horrible things President Obama has done over the years, and you've been frustrated by that, and you've gone to Tea Party meetings, you've done all of this stuff, and you, as that person, says President Obama should wait to nominate somebody, you are wrong. You're not being consistent, you're being a hypocrite on top of everything else. The Constitution calls for presidents to nominate somebody, shall nominate shall which is a directive of course he should i know that's frustrating i don't want him to nominate somebody i don't want him to get another pick i didn't want to nominate the two that he did i didn't want to do any of this stuff but he's a constitutionalist i recognize it is his responsibility his directive from the constitution and if if you don't like it as much as i don't that means you have to vote for the right people elections have consequences now having said that that doesn't mean the, the senate has to rubber stamp it because it is their job to consult with the president, give him some advice, and then nominate or not. Although you and I talked about this on our, on our morning radio program on the Blaze, uh, the Blaze Radio Network, is should a, a, a Senate uh, confirm him at this point? And you said he shouldn't have a rubber stamp, or shouldn't get a rubber stamp for it, but um, what are the qualifications? I mean, what would preclude you or uh, <clears throat> qualify you for it? As it stands right now, there are zero requirements to be a Supreme Court justice. You don't have to have been a lawyer. You don't have to have been a judge. You don't have to be 35 or an American citizen. There are no requirements. So what should be the requirements that a president holds up to? Well, you can think about the worst people on the planet, Kim Jong-un. I mean, anybody, a serial killer that's in jail, they could all get a nomination. And the Senate could confirm them. You don't have to be an American citizen, as Skip said. So what are the qualifications? And this is a little bit of a problem, that there are not qualifications. Because at times, Senates have been more inclined to just rubber stamp, okay, fine, go ahead, you're in. Other times it becomes very political, where they say, well, I don't want this person because you're going to be replacing an Antonin Scalia and there's going to be a balance thrown off. And we did have a conservative in there, President Obama's going to nominate a progressive or something like this. That's true. How about some consistency with this stuff? How about a little bit of consistency? You should not expect the president to even nominate somebody who's moderate. He'll spin it that way. But do not join the people like Mitch McConnell saying the president should wait or nominate a conservative. As much as I want that, that's not the case. Again, he must nominate somebody, and he must nominate who he wants. The idea that we have to keep the same type of person in the Supreme Court as there, was, there has been is nonsense. You know how I know? Because how many of you stood up and were ticked off 
when we got an opportunity to replace a liberal justice with a conservative justice like Antonin Scalia. He replaced a more liberal justice. This is how these things work. Sometimes it works in your favor, sometimes it doesn't. But Sorry. it's frustrating that people like Mitch McConnell will come out and say that we should hold off on a nomination, let the new president make a decision like that, when we know that's just politics. I don't even think Mitch McConnell <laughs> truly believes that in his heart of heart. It was the same thing that Chuck Schumer said back in 2007, uh, after it must have been John Roberts was confirmed, too, is that we should definitely hold off on any further nominations. If any more come up, we should block it as the Senate. No, and Chuck Schumer doesn't believe that now. Ask Schumer now if he thinks like he thought back in 2007, whether or not that the president should just go ahead and hold off and wait till the new president. Of course not. It's politics. And like you said, and it's a trite saying, but elections do have consequences, and this is going to be one of the consequences of, of electing Barack Obama twice. We saw the same thing when it came to the nuclear option in the Senate, right? Chuck Schumer and these people were outraged that it was even suggested when they didn't have power under the George W. Bush administration. Then Harry Reid runs the thing under Obama, and they're like, yeah, it's nuclear. It's what we need. It's a gridlock. we got to do something here. It's the politicking of it all. I wish they could just go ahead and do things and, and formulate opinions on what they want to do as a Congress in terms of thinking of the country. But they but both sides are guilty of this. The Republicans and the Democrats think about self first. It's self-preservation, party preservation, as opposed to doing things that will move the country forward. And that's what I'm tired of in America. Not only must you be a constitutionalist, you must be consistent in your values as a constitutionalist. If you're not, how can I trust you about anything? We need consistency with this stuff. That's what I'm looking for. And that's a problem when other people who are not as, well, I don't like politics, so they don't pay attention to the news. The reason they're not engaged in the government is exactly this, because they're hypocrites. They change constantly. How many times have you been frustrated? You're like, I can't even watch this anymore. No, right? that's the thing. And if you, if you do follow this on a even on a, a, a semi-regular basis, you get it beaten out of you. The politics just gets beaten out of you because you're kicked when you're down. You're kicked when you're down. You're kicked when you're down. That's why I think that the president has made such a, uh, had made such an effort, too, and was so successful in recruiting young people and going out harnessing social media, going to college campuses. Because those kids, the starry-eyed millennials, millennials who were fed the progressive bullcrap in school about your all uh, participation trophies and you're all so special, haven't had it kicked out of them for them for 10 20 years following politics, and that's why he was such a successful market for him. Now, what does this mean more specifically to you? All right, moving forward, you are likely going to have, at best, a moderate judge to replace Antonin Scalia, meaning somebody more progressive. In fact, it would be difficult even to find a conservative that wasn't more progressive than Antonin Scalia because he was that solid. So it's not going to be good for you all the way around when it comes to future votes. But what about the votes right now that are pending? Supreme Court is ready to rule somewhere between now and June 30th on all kinds of cases that have come before them in the last six months or so. There are some really significant ones. There's one that deals with redistricting of congressional districts and voting rights. There's one that has to deal with uh, unions. There's one that has to do with Obamacare, one that has to do with illegals. So what does this mean? Well, anything that Justice Scalia has written, and likely many of them are written, they write these things and then don't release them. They'll vote and write, write them. In fact, if you notice, you'll see writing in the dissent or writing in the affirmative. That's what they always say, right? And it's five to four, this person wrote for it. Well, what they do is they assign somebody to write for it, to support the law, or to strike it down. And then the justices will vote, and sometimes vote again, right before it's released. This is how it works. So when they write in the affirmative, they're not saying, hey, and we're, you notice it does say, and we want it, right? We strike it down. It just says, Here's in the why we think it should be supported. Here's why we think it should be struck down. So they write these things. Sometimes it lays in their desk drawer in their computer for months. 
and then they release it. They roll these things out and they have another vote. There's been times when you've had justices in the 11th hour change their vote and the same writings are on it. It's just now it's five to four versus four to five or six to three or whatever. So anything that he's already written or anything that he's already voted, if they did an informal vote and they said, what do you got? One, two, three, okay, it's five to four. That's out. It's done. His vote is null and void. It does not count. Anything he's written, it's out. It's over. What you have now is for those cases that have uh, yet to be released from the Supreme Court, there are eight members of the Supreme Court, likely four and four, when it comes down to conservative and liberal. That's what you have shaped up right now. So how do they determine if there's a tie? Because you could have four and four. Well, anything that the lower courts have ruled on, they simply defer to the lower court. So if the lower court says, yes, Obamacare is constitutional, based on the argument that you put before us, then it just continues forward. Now, they do have one other option. They could, as a, a group, say, we're going to rule on this, defer to the, you know, the, the, t the uh, lower court's ruling as an eight to eight, four to, or, um, an eight and four to four split, and then say, but we will bring it up again later. I think based on the same information that they've heard, once they, or vote on, once they, have a once they get a ninth, which could be tomorrow, it could be two years from now, it could be ten years from now. We could go with eight Supreme Court justices that get so divided for the next ten years. We could have somebody else die and continue with seven. There's no rule that has, says it has to be nine. This is what we're looking at moving forward. The four big cases that are coming up that I just mentioned um, are varying degrees of how the lower courts ruled. For example, the one that has to do with Obamacare specifically has to do with companies that are forced to provide uh, contraceptives under Obamacare, but they have a religious objection to it, organizations or companies. They say our company is built or our organization is built on religious values. We shouldn't have to do this. The problem there, there have been mixed rulings from the appellate courts, meaning this just becomes more confusing. When it comes to unions, you're going to lose this one. In modern times, the last uh, 10 or so years, there have been some challenges to union memberships, union rights, and the power of unions all across America. And it's basically come down to a 5-4 split in, form of con in, in favor of conservatives and against the unions. That 5-4 split is now 4-4. Four four. Uh, the, the specific one about the unions has to do with government workers. And should a government worker that does not want to belong to a union have to pay into union dues? this is likely going to be a four to four split. And in the past, it's already been ruled on the lower courts as in favor of the unions. So unions are going to win this one. And that affects five million government workers across 23 states in Washington, D.C. When it comes to the illegals, President Obama's want to make, I think, roughly five million illegals um, uh, legal. He wants to give them legal status by not deporting them. There's a challenge to that right now. The lower courts have said it is unconstitutional. You can't do that. Four to four split, we win this one. Obama is not able to do that. The problem is, though, having said all of that, that's only if it's a four to four split. You could see two of these so-called conservatives, like John Roberts, go, well, it sounds reasonable not to deport him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he did it on Obamacare, right? <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, still a very sad story <laughs> as Justice Scalia passed away at the age of 79. One more important thing to note that I find interesting. And, Doc, you've, you've poo-pooed the, the, the idea of anything suspicious going on. But I will say one more thing. No autopsy going to be done. Yeah, his family is reasonable, and they said the guy was 79. He likely... I'm just saying, was a Supreme Court justice, uh, not at his home, passes away, pillow on his head. 
If you want to go ahead and just go and drink the Kool-Aid and be like, okay, I take it, I'm just saying I'm not convinced. Had he been hanging out in the jungle room, too? Because I'm sure Elvis plays in it somehow. I don't know. And again, I'm just okay. saying that I don't know. I'm not ready to make these big sweeping <laughs> okay. decisions, okay? How about this one? We've had people suggest possible nominations from the president. I've even heard people uh, had people tweet at me and say, how about Michelle Obama? He's going to do Michelle Obama, and then he gets his foot in the door with that or whatever. I think it's unlikely. I think he's going to nominate somebody that appears to be moderate, that is really not moderate, and he'll go ahead and uh, spin it, somebody that's not real well-known, some lesser judge, and goes, I'm going to understand that Scalia was more conservative. I'm not trying to be divisive. This person's moderate. They reflect the views of all Americans, and the person's going to be crazy progressive. But you're not going to know a lot about them because they're unknown, and they're going to scramble to find stuff out about them. That's what I expect to happen. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.